hit it. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite film podcast, The Average Film Enjoyer. We are your hosts, Trey and Evan, and we're excited to be here today. Um, we have a lot to talk about. There's been a lot in the news, um, not concerning uh, the Drake leaks, Um <laughs> But yeah, there's been a lot in the mo- news. We're talking about a great movie today. We are we both have been watching some absolute peak recently. Um, I was telling Evan before this, 13 out of the last 15 movies I've watched have I've rated five stars. A few of those have been rewatches, but there's also some first time watches in there as well. Um, but yeah, we're excited to get into it today. We're very excited to be here. I mean, for me personally, this is like my favorite times of the week is recording. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Um, but Evan, how are you doing? How's your, how's your week been? Uh, so far, week has been great. Today was a great day at work. Super busy. Had a fun time yeah. with coworkers. Yeah, really good. Um, I got some McDonald's afterwards. Yeah. What do you hot, get? What's hot. your McDonald's order? Well, usually I get chicken nuggets, but today I went for the McGangbang Junior Chicken McDouble. You take the McDouble, you split it in half, you put that fucking chicken sandwich right in the middle. <clears throat> and then it's you peak. have a heart attack. It's so peak, bro. I got that. Uh, I got to quit because I'm not the biggest McDonald's guy. Like, I'll eat it. Like, right. I like if I go, I get a, a Big Mac with fries and a Coke. Yeah. Um, I'm simple like that. Uh, but I love Wendy's. Dude, um, I love Wendy's, but it's so fucking expensive here. Dude, they've got it, and they've raised their prices. It used to be yeah. like the $5 biggie bag or the four for four. Now yeah. those aren't even $5 and $4. But the question is, who has better chicken nuggets? I think Wendy's has better chicken okay. nuggets. This is a totally valid question. I fucking love Wendy's chicken nuggets. They're so good. And you could dip them in the Frosty. Yeah. Oh. Okay, this is a complete mood choice. Mm-hmm. Because both are peak, so it kind of just depends on what I'm feeling that day. Because I love both of them, and the chicken nuggets are not that expensive. Everything else from Wendy's is insanely expensive. Like, Baconator combos, like, $18 over here. It's fucking God, insane. Dude, it's that's fucking insane. unreal. Yeah, like, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah. So, it's it, it genuinely depends on the mood. I think both are peak. They're different. They, yeah. they taste very different. They got different breading. Yeah. If I feel them like super fat, it's it's probably McDonald's. But Wendy's is like, oh, a, yeah. they're both right yeah. by my house. So, I you know, I got lots of options. Yeah. When you when you come down here to visit me, I'll take you to uh, In-N-Out. And we'll see what you think of it. You have to take me to Cane's, bro. That's, I don't have that in this part of the country. That's we'll do like, a road trip to that's fucking like, Cane's then. Dude, that'd be like a three-day road trip. That's in my West Coast. Oh that's like God. in the South. I mean, we could go to the East Coast and go visit like Alan and Will. <laughs> I was um, just about to say, anytime Alan eats Raisin Cane's, he sends me a picture of it, and it makes me genuinely depressed because I'm like, this they, looks they, so they make eat. They make uh, they make chicken, like chicken sandwiches. That's what they do, right? Um, well, yeah, we got this place on the chicken. West Coast called Dave's Hot Chicken. I've heard of this place. Dude, Dave's Hot Chicken is the best chicken sandwich I've ever had. And that's including Chick-fil-A. 
Um, okay, we don't have Chick Fil A here, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. <clears throat> I- ignoring Chick Fil A, do you like the KFC chicken sandwich better or the Popeyes one? Popeyes, hands down. I hate KFC. I think KFC is disgusting. Ooh. I love okay. Popeyes, so I <laughs> fuck. I remember I was in rehab and we had like a really uh, bad or like not bad, but like you know how like you'll have like therapy sessions that are just really heavy and draining. Yeah. Um, we had like a group one that was just really heavy and draining and we were all feeling and like when you're in rehab, you're like two weeks sober. So anything like that, you're like god dude this sucks and so they ordered us in they just ordered a bunch of popeye's chicken sandwiches and fries and biscuits for all of us and we just feasted bro and it was so good it was because rehab food sucks that's it's good for like three days but then after that they keep serving you the same thing and you're like wow this is disappointing Um, that's very fair I am partial uh, to the KFC sandwich before really? we move on. Yeah. Yeah. I like Popeyes, but a little lore drop for the old Evan. Um, yep. Ever since I can remember on Halloween, October 31st, my grandmother has taken me out for Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's a dumb And move. even though she doesn't live that close to me, I have had KFC on Halloween every single Halloween since I was probably four years old. That's a W. So I am very much instilled in KFC yeah. as an institution. I love yeah. Popeyes, though. It's just a bit more out of the way because I have a KFC Popeyes, like two minutes from my house. It's all yeah, peak. Dude. Popeyes is so good. Uh, yeah, I had a good week. I worked this weekend. Um, uh, ruined an entire batch of rice. Uh, during peak hours, um, I was cooking rice and it was like my first shift where I was by myself. I was out of training. So I was like working the grill by myself and I put in too much water and it got done and it was like sticky rice, like sushi rice. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, damn it. Do you know Um, what? It happens. Yeah. Um, but I did get to, oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. My first shift out of training when I was baking. Uh, yeah, I dropped an entire tray of muffins on the floor because I wasn't expecting how heavy the tray would be. <laughs> Fucking embarrassing! Oh my god, I felt like an idiot. it was like six packs of muffins. That's I so was like, funny. Jesus Christ! Oh, yeah, but it was good. Uh, I got to control the speaker all day, so oh, hell yeah. I got to listen to my tunes, man, and yeah, what kind I was of, just what, vibing. We've never talked about this. What kind of music do you like? Honestly. I'm, and I'm not just saying this because I know a lot of people say this. I like everything. And when I say that, it means I like every genre. There are certain genres where I'll listen to more than other genres and I'm more open to new artists. And then there's other genres where I'm like, I listen to these three artists in this genre and that's it. That's fair. Um, I'm in that same vein as you, except I don't really fuck with country music because... Yeah, country music is my most limited. I listen to like three or four country artists, and that's it. Um, the, the most I get to country is folk. I love folk. Music. I love folk music. I'm actually music, going dude. to. I don't know if you know him. He's a Canadian folk singer. Yeah. You want to see him on Tuesday? Is uh, the band is called City and Color? Yeah, dude. Um, City and Color. Uh, they have that song, uh, "The Girl," or yeah. 
Yeah, Dude, the girl. that's one of my favorite songs. I so, love that song. I've seen City in Color six times live. How are they live? Oh, uh, fucking impeccable. Um, I actually yeah. met the singer. Uh, yeah, Green. nice guy. Super nice. We were supposed to. My dad bought VIP tickets because we're both diehard fans, and uh, we were supposed to go see their sound check. But the tour bus showed up late, so they're like, "We don't have time to do a sound check." So Dallas is just going to come out and meet everybody. And I was shitting my fucking pants. I was so nervous. I was so yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and then I've seen. So the singer of City in Color is in a metal band. He was in that band first, actually. They're called Alexis on Fire. Yeah, I've heard of them. Um, yeah, so I saw them. I think I've listened dude. to a little bit of them as well. Yeah, dude, they're fucking awesome. So I'm going to see on Tuesday next week, or actually, I think it's Monday. I have to look. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing City in Color with Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. Oh, I love him. And God, Ruby dude. Waters. So the two of them oh, I haven't are listened opening. To her. She's, she's good. The two of them are opening for him. I'm mm-hmm. so fucking excited. It's going to be peak. That's dope, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah. My favorites are well, my all-time favorite, Fish. They're like a jam rock yeah. band. Yeah. You know Fish? I I know, yeah. I was I named after I was named after their lead singer and guitarist, Trey Anastasio, oh, really? who oh, I know you play guitar. He yeah. is the most underrated guitarist working today. He is unbelievable. Oh, my guitars um, are sitting on my floor right now. There they are. W. Is that a what? telly? That's my telly, yeah. And oh, then I dude. have that's sick. I have um, I I don't play as much as I used to, but I have a uh, Strat and I have a D'Angelico Semi Hollow Body. Oh my god! Um, and then I just have like some random acoustic that I picked up for like two hundred yeah. bucks at I, uh, a guitar shop. I built a Strat in wood shop. Yeah. Um, and then I have three acoustic guitars, three electric guitars. W. F- fork i don't know i have a lot of guitars i sold one though uh yeah yeah i love fish um they're probably who i listened to the most last year i was in like their top point zero zero one percent of listeners yeah that's um led zeppelin is number two for me uh they don't have a single bad album or a bad song um and the black keys are another one of my favorites uh and logic the rapper um really just because of h- how much of a dork and a nerd he is and all the like the cool film references he has as a, in his yeah. rap music i sick i like logic a lot i don't have a bunch of variety in his discography that i've listened to we did this uh pro- we're gonna do a yap session about music i don't care um yeah. In the ninth grade, our English teacher said, I want you guys to write a report on a concept album. Uh, oh, did you do um, uh, the the uh, Incredible True Story yeah. or whatever? So I didn't yeah. do it, but my best friend in that class did it. So mm-hmm. I listened to that album. Intermission is one of my favorite songs of all time, bro. That Dude, song that, is that so album is, it, it's, is immaculate. It's, it's such so a fucking good. vibe. Oh my God, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. I did uh, Pink Floyd The Wall. Oh, that's a W. That's a W. Yeah, if I'm so going I, for a Pink Floyd album, I'm going to go Dark Side. That's um, also my pick for Pink Floyd. Which um, only has one skip for me, and that's Money. Um, really, I think it's a good song. I think it's a good song. I just don't feel like it fits the album. 
Bro, okay, I it feels out of place. That. I thought you were gonna say on the run. I no, yeah. I love on the run because it fits the story and the concept of yeah, the album. Dude, Money the just run, feels out of place. Breathe straight into on the run is such a fucking vibe. Those dude. first two tracks are yeah. just like so ambient and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I love Pink Floyd. My dad yeah. is a huge Pink Floyd fan. I remember he used to play Money all the time when we were in the car. Yeah. And, you know, like five, five, six year old me hears like a cash register going off and the, the sensories are like, huh? The song is yeah. sick. Uh, yeah, my... I think it's a great song and I'll listen to it. But if I like I'm listening to that album, like from top to bottom, I will skip money. That's fair. because I... I feel like the album flows better without it. Yeah, I think Dark Side of the Moon is since it's a shorter album than The Wall, vastly shorter album than The Wall. Yeah, I think it goes by pretty quick. Um, the yeah. Wall has, unless I'm listening to The Wall front to back, mm -hmm. it's got skips. Yeah, um, I would agree. But I will tell you, my favorite Pink Floyd album, Animals. Hands w. down, Dogs Easy. is the top three to Pink Floyd song. God, dude, so good. Um, I also used to be used to be infant f emphasis on the used to be uh, into Greta Van Fleet. Oh shit! Um, you so their first album they come out. It's pure rock and roll, like and if yeah. you like rock and roll is a genre of rock. It's different. It's like your uh, Ram Jams, your Bad Companies. Your, uh, oh God, what was that band? I can't remember. Bon Jovi, stuff like that. That's just yeah. rock and roll. Bro, I got a like, fucking ticket driving to Black Betty. Are you I, serious? I put it on and I drove so fucking fast. I was, that, song is, that song is oh so God, good. That song is a um, crazy driving song. But yeah. Uh, Greta Van Fleet, they came out with the first, they came out with their second album. It had some more 60s hippie rock influences but it still had that like rock and roll feel to it yeah they come out with their third album they've gone over the line they're full-on hippie rock and the fan base has completely changed oh my god and i was just so out on it the first i've seen them twice the first time oh, i saw really? them yeah they were amazing it's one of the greatest concerts i've ever been to the second time i saw them after their third album came out it's just so bad um and then this new I, album came out, their fourth one, and I haven't even listened to it. Yeah, I'm I, I'm done. I, rem I remember because uh, my dad's a big rock guy, just in general, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, well, I mean naturally. It's so funny. Before I tell this Greta Van Fleet story, he used to when I was young, like under ten years old. For some reason, I thought Coldplay and U2 sounded the same. His favorite band is U2. He's seen them like over ten times. Yeah. And he he would play U two songs and Coldplay songs and have me guess who was who, because I they kept do thinking, sound very similar. Yeah, and I remember this one, <laughs> this one day we were going bowling. I was like fucking seven years old. I don't remember this shit. Yeah, and we uh, he played uh, the Speed of Sound by Coldplay. Yeah, and I was like, ah, oh, I love U two. And he looks back at me and he goes. It's not you too. Your dad's just <laughs> your dad's just raging, just yeah. like and then <sighs> he's just seven. <laughs> that was one of the first times he showed me money by Pink Floyd. And I was w. like, this song's fucking sick. Um, yeah. Um I was sitting, me and my dad were going to get pizza one night, and he's like, Have you heard Greta? And I was like, Who? 
And he goes, you don't know Greta? And he put on Highway Tune. Oh my and god, dude. That shit, bro. song, Wait. the first time I heard that, so I can t I can tell you where I was the first time I heard yeah. that. Um, I have two stories related to Greta Van Fleet, and then we'll we'll get into movies because yeah. this is not a music <laughs> podcast. <laughs> first time I heard that, this was like now I'm more into more chill stuff. Like I've been really into like indie rock recently, so like Mac DeMarco, yeah. The Backseat I mean, Lovers, stuff like that. Uh, do you also Mac Mac DeMarco immaculate dude yeah. what an artist he's fucking amazing and i dude, love him as a person he is so, so funny oh god dude do you um, ever listen to peach pit yeah dude peach pit's a vibe peach I've pit's seen a vibe. Peach pit live uh really how peach are they pit? live holy shit i saw peach pit on 420 and they were so baked by the end of the concert that they restarted the last song because the singer forgot what verse he was on it was one of the funniest <laughs> concerts. I've, it was so much fun, bro. They yeah. sold, I'll send you a picture of it later, but they sold t-shirts and it was like, cause Calgary has the Calgary stampede mm -hmm. and it's a very famous like cowboy, you know, they got check road races and all this shit. And yeah. it was a cowboy boot turned into a bong and it was like Calgary peach fit 420. That's a, that's dope. Yeah. No, um, peach fits awesome. Yeah. But yeah, first time I heard Greta Van Fleet, it was highway tune too. Yeah. Uh, and this was like before they got big and I was probably like 14, um, 13. So I was at like butt rock era. So I was primarily oh, yeah. listening to like Ted Nugent, Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, yeah. anything with like a disgusting amount of distortion and just heavy ass power chords. Um, and I heard that for the, I had like an out of body experience hearing <laughs> Hell that. Yeah. Just a, yeah, just, oh, God, dude. And the first time I hear it live. So for, I was obsessed with them for so long before they got bad. Um, and my sister, she took me to LA to see them because on their oh, first shit. tour, they weren't coming to Portland. So she was like, we're going to take a trip. We're going to fly down to LA. I'm going to treat you and we're going to go see them. And I was like, awesome. sick. It was awesome. It was like one of the best vacations I've ever taken. Um, but, um, they, I had watched because on Apple music, they had like these little live music yeah. videos that they had done. And, jo uh, Josh or Jake Kiska, the guitar player also might I say, what an amazing guitar player. He is so yeah, he's good. Great. And he owns, um, oh, I'll tell it after. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did this. He would always do this intro and I listened to other live concerts and he always did the same thing for highway tune where it's yeah. like, now, now, now it was like this beginning rift. And I remember they come out for the encore. They play Safari song. Um, <sighs> And they go back, they they go off the stage, and I'm like, God, they didn't play Highway Tune, but the house lights weren't coming up. And everybody starts chanting, Encore! And they come out for a second Encore, and I oh, hear them yeah. do the intro to Highway Tune, and I'm just like, Oh! Ah! So God, dude, it's, God, what an immaculate song. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah, one thing I love about the guitar player, he plays a Gibson SG. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> when I was a child, I was obsessed with two bands, Rock, uh, sorry, Jesus Christ, Green Day and ACDC. 
Yep. And for my ninth birthday, uh, we were at the guitar store, uh, and I was I was just roaming around. My birthday is in November, so it's probably like October. Yeah. And uh, I was looking at this Epiphone SG, mm. red, just like Angus Young plays. And I was dude, like, and then fuck. natural I, distortion you get on those without yeah. even trying is amazing. And I was looking at this guitar, and I was like, "Holy fuck, I need this thing!" Yeah. And um, so we we look at it. My dad's like, "Here, let's go check out the drum sets." So we walk away, and while I was walking away, my mom bought the guitar for me, but I didn't know to know about it. So I, comes to my birthday, I fucking get my gift. It's this Epiphone SG Red, just like Angus Young played. I was so fucking hyped. Oh my god, that's a W. That's yeah. a double. And then the last thing I want to talk about before yes. we get into the movies, <laughs> I um I saw Green Day live. Yeah. In 2018, 2017, maybe. Mm-hmm. This is the most fun I've ever had at a concert. I saw it in Toronto. My dad flew me out to Toronto because Green Day was my favorite band uh, mm-hmm. for like 10 years. Just in my my absolute favorite shit. Yeah. In my when I was a kid, uh. I had a boombox, right? And I had American Idiot on CD. And I, you know, yeah. I didn't have an I didn't have an outlet in my room that I could access. So I would sit in the hallway with my fucking boombox and just listen to American Idiot. And That's so my dad so me sick. Out. Yeah. And holy shit, Green Day was so fucking fun live. Mm-hmm. He was uh there's one song that they play. It's called King for a Day. And it's a really goofy song that has lots of horns in it. And all the trombones had boxing gloves on the end of them. So they're fucking punching each other in the face while they're playing the song. Oh, just so much fun. Yeah, sick yeah. concert. All right. We love music. Yeah. God, dude, I could yap about music for dude, hours. Dude, I didn't know about this. is the first time me and Trey have ever talked about music. So I can't we'll believe probably... that. Before movies, music was my entire life. Yeah, I can say We yeah. also need to do... Have you seen It Might Get Loud, the documentary? Holy <gasps> You've seen it? God, we need to do an episode on that yeah. doc. That is the okay. greatest documentary ever made. Yeah. Um. Okay, last thing before we get into movies. <laughs> I swear. I swear. Okay. Again, I'm like 10, 12 years old. Again, my dad is a massive YouTube fan. He says, there's a documentary coming out with the edge in it. We're watching it. He bought that shit the day it came out. We sit down. It opens with Jack White building a fucking slide guitar out of a plank of wood. And a yeah, bottle, dude. And it's crazy. And God. we are locked so, in. Real quick. So my mom, this, this will come back to a mic get loud, I promise. So my mom... She comes up to me yesterday, and she's talking about, she's like, I like listening to your podcast. My mom doesn't like cursing. And she's like, I tried to listen to your last one, and I had to turn it off. I want to apologize. Last episode, I got heated multiple times, and I was I I said a lot of things. Um, so I'm going to try to, from here on out, I'm going to try to be more mom-friendly. So I'm limiting myself to like three Sorry, F-bombs uh, per episode. Uh, that, and I'm going to use one right now. That movie fucks. Yeah, oh dude, it's so good. It's so sick. It's so good. Okay, you we need to we need... you on it next week. Uh, let's get into some movie news really quick. Um, <laughs> before we start movie news, I have some video game news. Big yes. shit is going on in the realm of Xbox. Phil Spencer mm. has a Xbox update event that will happen next week. There has been leaks that Starfield, 
Hi-Fi Rush, Gears of War are all coming to PlayStation and P- uh, Switch, maybe? Mm. That's crazy. Uh, it seems that Xbox is having some issues, and they kind of just want to push into multi-platform. That's fucking sick. I want to play Halo on my PlayStation. Do you have a PlayStation, or do you have an Xbox? I have both. Okay. I, well, yeah, I, 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 have, a I have an Xbox. I've, and my I wish I had a Xbox. Yeah, I wish I had a PlayStation. There's just they're just better systems. They're they're awesome. I love both. Um, I I love both. I don't get into the console war. I play my PlayStation more often. Um, yeah. and it has better exclusives. Except it doesn't have Halo. Um, okay, before we get into movie news today, I just want to say something um, because we have we on this podcast. Um, me and Evan don't, and me and Jagger tried not to uh, get into politics, get into any current events, because that's not our job. We're here to talk about movies, and that's it. You don't want to hear, uh, you don't want to hear my opinion on what's happening in the world right now, because you don't care. You shouldn't. Um, but I do want to say, um, uh, the there is a conflict going on in Israel right now. Um, and I don't want to take sides here. Um, we don't, we are not here to do that. We're not here to take sides. I do want to say though, that our hearts go out to all the families on both sides that have been affected. Uh, I've been seeing some really disturbing stuff on social media that it's just not sitting right with me. Um, So I just wanted to say that the average film enjoyer, we, our hearts, uh, go out to all the families that have been affected by this conflict. Um, and we hope it can come to an end soon. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, it's fucking terrible, uh, that this is happening. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to say that as like kind of a statement before we kind of get into stuff today. Um, we we don't talk politics on this episode. We don't talk anything like that on this pod. But um, I just felt it was important to make a statement saying that we are our hearts go out to those families that have been affected. Um, and yeah, I hope it's done soon um, because it's terrible. Um, but yeah, um, Evan, is there anything you want to add or do you just want to get into it? Yeah, it's terrible to see the, see so many videos every day of just kids in Palestine getting fucking killed and it's, it's just sad. It's really shitty. Um, yeah, our hearts go out to all those kids and families and yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into movie news, uh, for the day. Number one, I want to touch on, uh, Kevin Spacey is an assassin in Peter 5-8 trailer. Um, what? Why is, why are we hiring him? <laughs> I did not even see this. What this the is, fuck? This is uh, two hours ago. Um, Who's so directing fresh. Um, What's it see called? who is directing it. Peter 5-8. Um... Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know who... Michael Zako Hall. Um, I don't know what he else he's done. But why are we... 
still giving this man this absolute terrible person work. Um, it, this should not be happening. Um, he's a monster and shouldn't be allowed to work. This is just crazy. Um, that's that's fucking insane. I didn't yeah. even hear about this. I don't know how it's possible. Um, speaking um, of some more questionable movies. There's a yeah. new Jurassic World movie coming out. God, don't even get me started. Why are we doing this? Uh, David Leitch is directing it, though. Or in talks what? to direct it. What David Leitch uh, has done? directed... Uh, he directed Bullet Train. He directed... Uh, helped direct John Wick, part one. Oh. Uh, he directed okay. Atomic Blonde. And fucking peak Hobbs and Shaw. I don't want to hear a word out of you, Trey. Hobbs and Shaw's peak. I've never seen it, so, Ugh, so I I gave up on those after whatever the one where they send off Paul Walker. Yeah, he directed Deadpool two. Like David Leach has some fucking juice. I don't know if you've seen Bullet Train. It's super fun. Yeah, I don't know. If yeah, you've seen I don't the know other how Jurassic world movies they're fucking shit. No, I've seen every single one. Okay, no, the first one, the, the first, first Jurassic. Yeah, it kind of bangs. That's yeah, a four. That's a four star for me. Okay. I love that movie. I have a blast with it. I. It is my number two highest rated Jurassic movie. Um, okay. And I have a blast with it. Uh, but yeah, it's the other two. I mean, the second one isn't terrible. That's still like a three, three and a half. Uh, but Jurassic World Dominion. Wow. What a piece of garbage. Shit. That yeah. was. Um, but I don't know how much, like, from the movies you said, and thinking about, like, the aspects that make those movies, like, great, I don't know how well that will translate to a Jurassic movie. Yeah, he's good at making action, I, but sci-fi yeah. is a but different... I'm definitely intrigued, I love the universe, um, I love, as I've talked about before, my guilty pleasure is big monster movies. So that includes dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, it includes the shitty Godzilla 2014 movie. Oh, shut up, dude. That movie's amazing. <laughs> um, um, no, I know it's. I know those movies are pretty bad, but I still love them. We were um, talking about uh, Gareth Edwards and the, the Real Talk Discord. What? How did I miss this conversation? Yeah, because we, we were talking about Rogue One, and I was like, Gareth Edwards is fucking peak and ryan was like yeah rogue one and the creator are both shit and i was like well uh he's kind of he's kind of juicy like he's been pumping out some good stuff and then i saw yeah. godzilla 2014 and i was like well i mean it's a boring movie but it looks good okay um <laughs> uh, we i don't know some- i elizabeth olsen is in it so i can't judge it too much i love elizabeth olsen <laughs> um Let's see what else in movie Something news. Something pretty cool. Uh, they're re-releasing Coraline in theaters in 3D. That's a W. Oh, I 3D don't know. 3D is an L. 3D is an L. 3D is an L. Um, and you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, the um, last 3D movie I saw in theaters was the first Amazing Spider-Man, and it made me visually like I was. I felt fucking nauseous after I finished it. So, mm-hmm. 3D sucks. Uh, yeah, stop. Stop doing it. Nobody cares. You just want to sell expensive tickets. Um, yeah. Or, uh, Super Bowl. A w, Coraline is a W. Super. Um, yeah. So next piece of movie news, as we know, this Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. Now, me personally, 
I don't give a shit about Super Bowl Sunday. You know what? For me, um, the Super Bowl is an excuse to eat pizza, chicken wings, and nachos. I don't give a fuck yes. about the NFL either. So you know what I you know what I do you know what I do give a damn about nachos. all the movie spots we're gonna oh, get. Yes. So Deadpool three, we're possibly gonna get a Twisters movie spot, an If movie spot. We're gonna get movie spots for every movie. Um, so looking forward to that. Yeah, um, we will. I'm very, very cautiously optimistic for. I've yeah, we'll talk we about those episode. next Tuesday. Yeah, I've said it before when we did our Logan episode. I kind of hate this that yeah that this is happening. Just because yeah, me too. Logan Professor X. I have a very big. I like Multiverse of Madness, but I hate the whole like X-Men part and Fantastic Four. I hate that shit. Yeah. Um so yeah, next uh, next week should be an interesting conversation on Tuesday. Yeah. Um uh, something pretty crazy, fucking insane. Uh James Cameron says he has ideas for Avatar 6 and 7. I'll probably be handing the baton baton off at that point. I mean, mortality catches up. What a like, chat, Avatar bro. Avatar 5 is coming out like 10 years from now, bro. I'm going to be 40 by the time Avatar 7 comes out. What a chad. What a chad. It's, it's really interesting. Um, just the, the scope. I'm so curious what his brain is thinking and this story. Yeah. Because <clears throat> Avatar does not have complex stories. They're, yeah. they're pretty simplistic. The, the movies are insane to look at. So, you know what? If he can bring out a cool-looking movie that hooks me and has a cool story, I'm in. Honestly, yeah. I am in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's get into our movie review I, of the day. I have, oh. I have, like, yeah. I have, uh, like, one thing. I really okay. want to talk about really quick. Uh, there's this movie. It pre- premiered at Sun- uh, Sundance. It's called mm-hmm. Sasquatch Sunset. It's with Jesse yeah, I've heard, and uh, Yeah, I've heard... I've heard uh, mixed mixed things. Yes, me too. I've heard very mixed things. IGN yeah. gave this a 10 out of 10. Uh-huh. I've seen 5 out of 10s. This movie is about some sca- Sasquatches. Everyone is in Sasquatch costumes, and that's that's the movie. They're just chilling. Yeah. There's no real... I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. It It's really interesting. Uh, yeah. Quick, Joaquin Phoenix's next likely N7... N seventeen NC seventeen Jesus movie with Todd Haynes will be filming this summer. Interesting. NC seventeen in twenty twenty three is very weird. Uh, yeah. There was one more thing. Uh, yeah, Tom Holland starring in a Broadway show or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got our f- f- Romeo and Juliet. Is Tom Holland's in Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't care. Yeah, and um, looking at his track record, I anything with him in it is probably not going to be that great. Yeah, because he's, he's a great actor. Except, he just has a terrible agent. Except Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot is great. I've never seen that. It's it's about uh, this like devil. Kid. The devil all the time wasn't terrible. I love that movie. That's a great movie. That's a strong yeah. four for me. Robert Pattinson was really yeah, good. A classic that. clip that we use all the time for each other. Delusion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never seen anybody use that one. Ugh. 
Um, also, the... I gotta ask because I'm too scared to. What's the what's the uh, the Willem Dafoe one of him like staring up at the sky? It's from at at Eternity's Gates where he plays uh, Van Gogh. Uh, oh, okay. I've never yeah, seen that. So. It's peak. Um, I know when I watch that, I'm gonna be like, dude, it's the thing. Yeah, I mean, you watch it. I've heard it's amazing. Um, I've heard it's really peak. The last thing that I want to touch on really quick yep. before we get into Rocky is yep. we got our first look at Megalopolis from Francis Ford Coppola. Oh yeah, like that image, right? It's a picture of a street. It looks kind of run down and there's a statue falling over Francis Ford Coppola's Megalopolis in the middle starring Adam Driver, Aubrey Plaza, Giancarlo Esposito, Lawrence Fishburne, Chloe Feynman, Shia LaBeouf, Nathalie Emmanuel, and Jason Schwartzman. This movie has been in development for like a decade. Yeah. Will it be good? I don't know. Is Coppola still even still alive? Yeah, he is. That's insane. How old is he? Uh, shout out to Ben Hansy from the Real, Real Talk Discord. Yeah, he's 84. Bram Stoker's Dracula is fucking mid. It is so overrated. Oh my god, that movie is crazily overglazed. It's a 4 yeah. out of 5 at best. I don't know if you've seen it. Keanu Reeves in this movie drops it a full point. Holy fuck, he's so bad in it. Here, gonna... Here's an even crazier take. Uh, Keanu Reeves, not a good actor. Yeah, he's, he's a not great a good actor, but he's in awesome movies. He's a great action star, and he, he is great in movies where he doesn't really have to act. Yeah, like The Matrix is probably the most acting he's ever done. Yeah, and like when his dog dies and when his wife dies in John Wick. Dude, he's he, terrible. Oh, I okay. I think that he has very limited uh, emotional range. And yeah. he could do it like one scene. Dude. All the love to Keanu Reeves, though. I love Keanu oh Reeves. God, He's one of my so favorite much. people. He just is all, not a very love, good actor. I love all four Matrixes. All of them. Oh, They're God. all peak. I don't care. I yeah, gaslighted okay. my girlfriend into watching all four of them with me. And she liked them all. It was crazy. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, um, but yeah. Uh, do you want to get into it? Let's let's talk about uh, Rocky. Yeah. Um, Adrian. So, Adrian. <laughs> yeah. That, again, that's another thing. At the end of the movie, I was like, "Holy shit! It's the thing! It's a, it's the thing!" He says, yeah. "Adrian." Love when he's on the uh, the interview on TV too. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, oh Adrian, it's me, Rocky." Dude. <laughs> so good. So funny. Um, yeah. So we are back. In our IMDb series today, it's a Tuesday, so you know what that means. IMDb, uh, the IMDb top 250. Um, today, last week, we did Platoon. Um, and today, we are number 214, um, Rocky, the original, uh, from 1976, I want to say. Uh, give me a sec here. Um, I have no idea. I think, I know it's in the 70s uh 1976 yeah um it's one of the most famous movies of all time um it is uh it's has one of the most famous shots of all time on him on the rocky i think that now they're called the rocky stairs shout out uh alex b um uh the preacher himself um the preacher (laughs) prophet 
to Philadelphia, man. What a goaded filming yeah. location. Shout but out. like him on the stairs going like this is one of the most famous shots yeah. also, in cinema a little, history. A little possible sneak peek for you average film enjoyers. Possible collab oh. coming. Yeah, with the uh, shot by shot fellows. Uh, More to come on that. It's not yeah. possible. It's going. It's going to come. We just. We yeah, we just have to pick a movie and find a date. It's going to be a little bit because there's six of us that we have to balance schedules with, but yes, it will it will come. Two of them are in different, very, very different time zones, but it will come. Well, at least at least Ryan and Oscar are in the same time zone. Like, they're both in yeah. England. Um, no, Ryan is not in England. Ryan is in uh, Scotland. Ryan's Scottish. I thought, I thought Ryan was from Manchester. He's Scottish. Like McGuigan Ryan? Yeah. I'm what? 99. Not, yeah, did you? Okay. This is a sidebar. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you listened to their Poor Things episode yet, but they were talking about how the book is set in Scotland, and they're all like, oh, shut up. Rest in peace, Ryan, because the, the movie's not set in Scotland. Oh, yeah. yeah he's then who am I? I wonder who I'm thinking of. There's a lot of know. people from, from England in there. God, dude. There's so many. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's even better. So I love a Scottish, good Scottish accent. Um, yeah, we'll have them on. That'll be a blast. Uh, but yeah, Rocky. Um, I loved it. Five stars. Evan, I don't know if you logged it yet. I haven't yet. rated it yet. Um, this is a very high 4.5 to a 5 for me. Probably a 5. Um, yeah. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I watched yeah. all the Creed movies last year. And uh -huh. I think that Rocky kind of just made me appreciate Creed even more. Um, yeah i've only seen the first rocky i haven't seen two through six i think it's yep. six um yeah Rocky's awesome it's a really interesting character study it's not particularly a boxing movie because there's like what it's not a boxing movie yeah there's like two or three scenes this of is, boxing maybe. this is a romance movie about a boxer yeah. this is not a boxing movie i saw that in your review or on the yeah, yeah. And that's going to be the title of this video. Rocky is not a boxing movie. Yeah. Or um, why Rocky isn't a boxing movie. It's it's a romance between him and Adrian. 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 <laughs> we have to myself. say it like that for the rest of the episode. Every I time we refer myself. to Talia Shire. This is a, yeah, this is like a slow burn drama, honestly. Um, yeah. You, I mean, but it's paced of... incredibly well. Yeah, it's it's not too long, and it's paced really well. The first like ha half forty five minutes is like him working for a you know like mobster loan shark. Yeah, and then you have sprinkles of Carl Weathers in the first act, and yeah, it's really just about Rocky trying to survive and get by. Like he's an underground boxer, and like you know he he's just a he's just a dude trying to get by, and then he finds Adrian and falls in love does some fighting yeah yeah um yeah so Thanks for people who don't know and if you don't know what rocky is about then what are you doing um when world heavyweight boxing champion apollo creed wants to give an unknown fighter a shot at the title as a publicity stunt his handlers choose paluca rocky balboa an uneducated collector for a philadelphia loan shark rocky teams up with trainer mickey goldmill to make Go. the most of this yeah to make the most of this once in a lifetime break um he doesn't it even stars... pick rocky balboa he picks the italian <laughs> yeah 
which badass name, by the way. Holy um, shit! But so you got Sylvester Stallone, um, who I believe I don't know. This is definitely I don't know if it's his first movie. Um, I mean he was has an uncredited role in uh, Mash in 1970. He was Holy like shit. extras in a bunch of stuff early yeah, on, I like want, before I this. Get it. I want to get into it later because it's really interesting about the whole story of him writing this movie. Um, well, he like wrote it in like three days. Yeah, and a lot of people try to buy it off him, and he wanted to star in it, but they were like, "Nah, fuck you." And he was like, "Nah, this is my movie. I'm Rocky." Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, as I'm looking right now, up to this point. Sylvester Stallone had been in a few movies, but nothing like more than like an extra, you know? Yeah. Um, so this was like not only like his first movie where he had a speaking role, but his first movie like in the lead. Like, he's like the he is our main character for this movie. Uh, this has an average rating of 4.1 on Letterboxd, which I think is valid. Um, I believe One it has a picture. It, dude, it, this swept the Oscars. Yeah, won like um, three or four Oscars. Yeah. Uh, 8.1 on IMDb. Uh, but the more I get into IMDb, the less I trust it. Um, yeah. I'm at a point where, like, this. if I I want to know, like, what the ratings of a movie are, like, if I should check it out uh, or not, um, I go to Letterboxd and check out what the Letterboxd rating is. I'll go to um, Metacritic if it's a more recent movie because Metacritic's an aggregate, not like stupid Rotten Tomatoes where it's like over sixty percent. Metacritic's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rotten wanna... Tomatoes is bullcrap. It's shit. I want to read this really quick before we get into it. Yeah. After producers Erwin Wilk Winkler and Robert Chartoff became interested in the script, they offered Sylvester Stallone unprecedented three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the rights. He had $106 in the bank, no car, and was trying to sell his dog because he couldn't afford to feed him. Afford to feed him, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but he refused to sell unless they allowed uh, him to star in the film. They agreed on the condition that S Stallone continued to work as a writer without a fee and that he worked as an actor for scale. After Winkler and Chartoff purchased the film, they took it to United Artists, who envisioned a budget of $2 million with an established star, particularly Robert Redford, Ryan Neal. Burt Reynolds, Nick Nolte, and or James Kahn. When Winkler and Chartoff told the United Artists they could only get the screenplay of Stallone uh, starred, United uh, Artists cut the budget to $1 million and had yeah. them sign agreements that they'd be liable if the film went over budget. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's the first thing I want to touch on. Go over those uh, the could-be Rockies yeah. again, so because I, I like doing that. Like, who could have been? Yeah, we've got Robert Redford. Uh, then that he would have been great, a young Robert. Actually, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he had the physicality. He definitely yeah. had the acting ability, though. Mm -hmm. Ryan O'Neill definitely had the physicality. Ryan O'Neill. That's Where Barry Lyndon. Mary Barry Lyndon. Oh yeah, yep, yep. Love Ryan O'Neill. He, he was a fighter, so he could have done it for sure. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I think that Rock, like Sylvester Stallone, writing this movie brought a level of like closeness to the character in the film. Yeah. The, the only the other person, 
the only other person from that list that I could see like doing really well here is James Caan. Yeah, we've got Burt Reynolds. No way. It would have been way no. too goofy. Nick yeah. Nolte? No fucking way. No. But, J- shout out Nick Nolte in, uh, in what what's the Spiderwick Chronicles. Holy cow, dude. dude Bro cooked. Shout out Nick Nolte in Tropic Thunder with his fucking hook hands. Or uh, Nick Nolte and Cape Fear. Have you seen Cape oh, Fear? Yeah. Scorsese's most underrated. It's so good. Um, but I like you look at James Caan, and that was one of my favorite parts of the first Godfather movie. Is James Caan a young James Caan? Because not only was he like built, like he was like a fit dude. His on-screen presence, what it felt threatening. Like yeah. You're le- like, this guy comes into a room and you're like, oh, he means business. Don't want to mess with this guy. Yeah, so that's the only one from that list that I could really see doing a good job here. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. Like, I was listening to the film scoop on my way home from work today. And w, shout were- out Cash and Carl. We love you guys. Absolutely. Shout out uh, film scoop. Uh, hopefully we can do that with you one day. Uh, yeah. We were, we were, they were talking about uh, Godfather 1 and 2. And yeah. When they got to Godfather 2, they were talking about how Robert De Niro was a pretty much a fucking no-name, except for Mean Streets. Uh, yeah. When when he made Godfather 2, and even Al Pacino, like... <coughs> sorry. Before Godfather, like... Yeah. It's that same kind of thing of, like, the director just kind of trusting in the actors. Mm-hmm. Like, Francis Ford Coppola casted two fucking god-tier actors. And, I mean, like, ten god-tier actors, but, like... Yeah. It, it's but before it's, they were the god tier actors that they are now yeah you know exactly and not that sylvester stallone's a god tier actor but he is perfect for rocky i literally no. cannot imagine anyone else as rocky he yeah rocky. he's he's so iconic yeah um especially so i read a story the way the why his accent and the way he talks is so weird it's he had an accident when he was a kid when he was a kid so he lost all feeling in like his chin and his bottom lip and parts of his tongue and Shit. so he just can't feel anything right here and that's why he's like ta- always talking like this hey adrian that's because he just like he can't feel this um but yeah this is first of all not a boxing movie this is a drama you get a fight in the beginning um <clears throat> and a fight at the end which might it's I say, pretty, it's <clears throat> sequence like two thirds in. Yeah, which might I say, these fights are so well choreographed. Oh. They look so good. Oh, uh, this movie look amazing. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you, it's really a character study of these two characters. You have Rocky, who is a he's kind of an idiot. Um, he is uneducated. He is like a a debt collector for a loan shark. So he beats people up for a living. Uh, And um, kind of just like, I don't know. I think the reason this movie got so much like critical acclaim and was just so well loved is because of the type of character Rocky was, is he's just like this normal dude from philadelphia he's not like super rich he's not super well off he's yeah he's just like he's a normal working man and to be able to see that and see a character like that 
in film that like goes on to become this like massive even though he doesn't even win the fight at the end but to That's go on and have we this, gotta talk about later yeah he goes on to win like this uh like tournament and all not tournament um he goes on to like fight in this huge fight and a chance to become the heavyweight heavyweight champion in the world um is i think a lot of people like you're always rooting for the underdog i feel um like those are the characters i find myself yeah. rooting for the most this, like this is the underdog movie mm-hmm. this is like the first of its kind um and we get this relationship with him and adrian which is super wholesome and super sweet adrian is much more r- rocky is very he like you see it in that for the first like 20 minutes is him walking home from the fight and walking around and interacting with everybody and you see how charismatic he is which is another uh, like the one drawback that i think james con would have here is i don't think james con had as much charisma as sylvester stallone has in this movie um, he was a grumpy guy yeah, um, but I mean, he knows everybody. Everybody's like, "Hey, Rocky!" And he knows, like, he he just knows everybody uh, by name, and um, and you can obviously tell he's a very well loved guy in the community. Um, and then you have Adrian, who's a lot more reserved. Um, you see that in the first scene where Rocky goes into the uh, pet store. Um, where he's trying to like talk her you can tell he because he even practice he practices the joke before he goes in to the pet store which i was like duh dude relatable bro um and he he's talking to and adrian is like she's not even like making eye contact she's very reserved um and we learn later that she's really really smart um she's just reserved and shy and um her and rocky kind of develop a relationship um it's obvious before this movie like in the rocky world in the timeline he had feelings for adrian um and he's been trying to like woo her for a long time um but i think well besides obviously the scene that gives off big vibes of date rape um when rocky essentially coerces her to come into his apartment and then have sex with him that wasn't great didn't age super well uh but i think their relationship is like super wholesome like they both i think they both give each other things that the other person needs um like she he kind of brings adrian out of her shell and she kind of keeps rocky's head on his shoulders and yeah for sure um i really enjoy it. that was honestly probably my favorite part about that this movie is their yeah, relationship it, it feels very organic even though mm. they're polar opposites yes um, yes and <laughs> i gotta talk about this date me and dude me and Dre are talking about this before. It is so fucking funny. They go skating together, and Rocky's uh, just jogging Rocky along does, next to Rocky her. Rocky does not have skates. She's got skates. He's just fucking vibing, walking, like sliding around. And she says, "How come you became a fighter?" And he goes, "Because I couldn't sing or act." And he goes, "Oh, hey, hey, oh. it's so fucking funny, dude." Dude, it's. 
I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this was improvised. Like that back and forth between Talia Shire and Stallone. Yeah, Um, it feels very organic. And one thing I think it's so funny is that uh, people make fun of Stallone for saying that kind of stuff now. Mm-hmm. But this was before he was a big star, so it's like, did he know, or is is he just like making fun of himself? Like, what? If it was improvised, that's hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah, that whole sequence is funny, and then they go back to Rocky's apartment, and it's whew. we're just gonna we're gonna skip over that. That's a very I cancelable don't... scene. Um, yeah. Also, Sylvester Stallone, we don't need more sex scenes. Period. Consensual or not, like we just don't need them. Yeah. Uh, One thing I do want to talk about, which is something that I always find interesting um, as a part of the movie industry when it comes to like old like action movie stars, like people like Sylvester Stallone and then newer ones like guys like Chris Hemsworth, your Chris Evans. Um, So you look at guys now and they are just toned. Like, you can see every single muscle on Chris Hemsworth, and it's obvious that they're just pumping him full of HGH and steroids. And Let me glaze my fucking boy Jason Statham really quick. Oh, dude, what oh. a beast, bro. Okay, I already glazed the beekeeper. This man is not an actor. A director came up to him. I It might have been Guy Ritchie. I don't know. I gotta find the quote, but... yeah. He was selling fake jewelry on the streets, and he's like, oh, you want to be in a movie? And Jason Statham was like, sure. He's not an actor. This he's man not. is there for the fucking good times. Like, yeah, dude. He's a vibe. Jason Statham, number one. I, I don't know about you, very handsome man. I I find this man very handsome. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. But he's not overly jacked like fucking Chris Hemsworth. No, but he's, but he's like to make a bad. He's just fucking badass. Like yeah, and he is like it. It's very rare that you see like Chris Hemsworth. You get a lot of shirtless shots. Obviously, yeah. I would be shirtless a lot too if I looked like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but with Statham, you very rarely see him like shirtless or working out or anything. Yeah. But when you do see him, he's not like buff. He's cut. Like yeah, you see him and he he's just like he's pure muscle. Yeah. I, but it's he, crazy. But I just love him. Oh my god. Yeah. We're gonna, we're um, gonna like we're we're gonna glaze Liam Neeson later. Uh after we finish Rocky, the we might have to do some Jason Statham at some point for my own sake because I fucking love yeah, Jason Statham. I need to get into his stuff. Um, but what week, it, uh, sorry, I need to cut you off really quick. No, Earlier you're good. this week in the real talk is where we were talking about Jason Statham because I was trying to defend the beekeeper fucking peak. Um, and I went and logged all the Jason Statham movies I've seen. It was like 37. I, Jeez. Okay, so people were asking me why I gave the beekeeper five stars. I have seen almost every single Jason Statham movie from like 2010 to 2016 in theaters mm-hmm. with my dad. We went to the shitty ones, the ones that were playing in like a single theater in our entire city. Yeah. Didn't matter. We went. And yep. we had a fucking blast. And yeah. he doesn't live near me. He lives in Ontario. I live in Alberta. It's across country. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen a Jason Statham movie in theaters since the first Meg movie. Oh, that movie is so peak. 
And so we, we we didn't even see the Meg Two together. I haven't seen the Meg Two yet. I'm waiting for him. Uh, oh, it's very good. It's very we good. We saw the Beekeeper in IMAX, and it was the first time we fucking sat down, laughed at a gory Jason Statham movie in years, like literal years. And I had the time of my fucking life. Like this was yeah, a dude. Theater, this it's was all about the theater experience, experience yeah. man. Like number one, it was watching Jason Statham fuck dudes up in a movie in a movie theater. Number two, we saw yeah. IMAX. Number three, we gaslighted my brother who doesn't love Jason Statham like we do to come see it, and he was like, "Oh, this is gonna be dog shit," and he loved it. He was like, "This." Is, he leaned over to me, and he was like, "This is so much better than I expecting." And I was like, this <laughs> I makes lo- me so "Dude, happy. I love that. I love." Yeah. That. So like, I, I, I won't defend or like take criticism on my Beekeeper five star review because it was purely no. a dude. This is a wholesome ass moment and makes me happy moment. You yeah. don't have to explain yourself to me. I know I I have Batman versus Superman at a four and a half. Honestly, on rewatch, I might rewatch that tonight. Dude, that movie's holy amazing. shit! Um, You're using that as an example, but I already fucking love that movie. <laughs> well, dude, ultimate, it's so fucking good. The, uh, the, the director's cut, bro. The director's cut is so peak. It is an uh, easy four and a half. First oh of all, we're gonna we're gonna yap on this for like I, I no, I just want to say two things and then I'm gonna go back to my point. Um, first of all, that score is immaculate. Hans oh Zimmer cut Lex Luthor's theme, the dom dom dom. It's, so it's so I listen to that on a regular basis. Second of all, people hate well, first of all, I think Ben Affleck is the best on screen Batman. Yeah. I okay. will go to my grave with that. Um, his character intro where he's like in the corner and they're like scared to come out. I was like, hell yes, this is Batman. Um, and third thing and third and final thing people hate on him. I think Jesse Eisenberg did an amazing job as Lex Luthor. I thought he was so good. <laughs> I I like it, but I try not to like compare it to any other depiction of Lex Luthor I've ever seen. Obviously Gene Hackman in the originals is the best. There is no one better. Uh, um, because it's Gene Hackman. Yeah. Oh boy, Mr. Luthor. Um, Dude, Trey, sorry, I our, love those. On, on our next director's roundup, when we finish Nolan, Zack Snyder's going on the list. Yeah. And I might. Boy, I hope we don't get him because there's a lot of Zack Snyder stuff that no, I do is, not like. Dude, Sucker Punch is peak. I swear to God, it's peak. I've never seen that. I know it's, what I. Army of the Dead. <laughs> I like that movie. I did not like it. Uh, but yeah, what I. What I was saying is you got action movie stars, action movie stars now who are like obviously so pumped full of HGH. And in that scene where they go back to Rock's apartment and he and he's just in the white white wife beater, uh, you can tell he's not like pumped full of steroids or anything. He's just a built dude. Like that's from that's from like bench just like bench pressing and. As we see later in the movie, eating like eight egg yolks for breakfast. Um, it's fucking disgusting, by the way. I don't know about you, but I've always been very tempted to try that. I have not. No. No. But yeah, I mean, there's so much to love here. Uh, we get the. We obviously want to touch on the final sequence uh, the fight with Apollo. Um, R.I.P. to the legend, Carl Weathers. Um, who I did, we didn't get as much of him in this movie as I yeah. thought we would. Um, but a lot more in the next two films. Yeah. Uh, 
I enjoyed him in this. That final fight is pretty gnarly. I The scene where they cut Rocky's eye is like swollen shut and oh. they cut his eye so he can see. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, dude. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah that like, final, that the first, I, I was very hyped when, because you can tell Rocky's thing is he kind of takes punches to figure out the guy's, like figure out his fighting yeah. style and then he'll duck and the first scene where he hits him with that left cross and he just knocks him down i was like god let's go yeah. oh I don't, I don't so high seen it there's a clip from rocky six you probably know the quote if you heard it it's from rocky balboa the name of the movie yeah and he says he's talking to this kid and he goes it's not about how hard you can uh about how hard you can hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward that's how winning is done yeah. And yeah, no, I've movie, seen that clip. Yeah, that movie's not great, but that clip is rings true for all these Rocky movies because it, Rocky is like one of the most persevering people in the history of film. Yeah. I he got the crap beat out of him by yeah, I mean, massive Carl Weathers. Yeah. Like even though number 1, I mean, he fucking knocks Carl Weathers out in the first, like third round, drops this yeah. kid. Insanely hype, but like we we can get into it now, and I I want to talk about like the underdog story and how this movie feels, and it is an underdog story, but Rocky doesn't win. He doesn't win this fight, but he wins like his own personal battle with the fact that he could go the distance. He talks about it, it was like going the distance, like with yeah the fucking because- Apollo Creed. He's so, like, laid back that first half where... Because he's obviously, like, comfortable with the life he has, you know? He does small-time fights. He beats up people that don't pay their debts. And that's all he does. And then it's like he... Like a switch... It, like, switches. And you see it in that scene where they offer him the spot to fight Creed. um, Where he... Like, you see him, and he's like, no. Because he's scared of... He it's yeah. he, he spends this movie... He spends so much of this movie scared. And then something kind of clicks when his trainer comes over. And the trainer's like... And it sucks, because you can tell, like, nobody believed him. Nobody believed in him, so he didn't believe in himself. But now that yeah. he's got this big opportunity... And his trainer's coming around, and he's like, oh, yeah, back in, back in my day, uh, you know, all that crap. And uh, Rocky's like, your, your peak? What about, what about my peak? What about my career? You know? It's just so good. And then a switch, and then there's the training montage with uh, Gonna Fly Now, one of the most iconic intros in movie music history the bum 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 god dude that song is so good i'm really glad that you brought um that whole thing about him being comfortable in his own life and somebody challenging him because i watched goodwill hunting last night and yes that movie has the exact same moral dilemmas yes yes and so, uh, 
I'll talk about it more when we get into Goodwill Hunting, but it is such an interesting challenge to a character who is so comfortable with his own life. Yeah. And just riding out. He's just chilling. He really is. Yeah. You know, but he's, he he's doing exactly that. He is yeah. fine. You know? Yeah. And I think that is such a great thing. And I think Stallone wrote it so well because that's such a human thing to relate to. Yeah. Is the is the is the idea of being comfortable where you are so you don't try to better yourself, so you don't try to expand yourself because you're comfortable yeah. where you are and you don't want to get out of your comfort zone. That's such like a human idea yeah, that absolutely. I think so everybody can relate to. Even though it's about a fucking boxer who is a collector for a mobster, like yeah, you can still relate to the struggles. Yeah. yeah, and it, it rings true to Goodwill Hunting, where it's it, another normal person who is in a very different situation, but is feeling those same emotions. And yeah, yeah, it just happens. Like everybody is very comfortable. It's happened to me. Shit, like just living in their comfort zone and mm -hmm. you get pushed and you're like, Oh, I don't know. But then it happens and you're like, shit, this is life. Yeah. And look, you, I mean, look at Rocky. He, he gets all these movies. Like exactly, man. He's got God, an amazing dude. character. It's really, really interesting. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's such an interesting talking point. Yeah. It's yeah. really interesting. Um, yeah. Rocky, um, definitely belongs on the IMDb top 250. Yeah. I think. I um, I think it belongs higher. I do too. Um, but that's just me. Um, this is like the pinnacle of sports movies. Um, even though again, it's not. You know what? No, this is not a sports movie. Uh, yeah. But I do think it belongs on here. Um, we get great performances from Talia Shire and Sylvester Stallone. Um, I definitely think it belongs there. I think it belongs higher up. Uh, you can stream this on. Oh God, where is it? What did I? I watched I, it on Max. Yeah, I watched it on Crave in Canada, so it must be a crossover. Watch it on Max or Crave. Yeah, and if you're um, in Europe, then I think go it's fuck Sky yourself. TV has it. Or go fuck yourself, that too. <laughs> I don't know what Sky TV is. Is That's that like Direct get... TV? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. God, I dude. just know they get HBO shit on Sky TV. Oh, okay. Um, also, yeah. shout out to John G. Alvidson, um, the guy who directed this. Also directed The Karate Kid. One of the greatest, oh, maybe the greatest martial arts movie. I'd say. Speak. Okay, I need to do a little side story before we talk about uh, what we've been what watching. We've been watching, yeah. Uh, speaking of the Karate Kid, I saw the Karate Kid when I was a very young child. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the Jaden Smith remaster of the Karate Kid when I was twelve years old. Don't come on here and tell me the Jaden Smith Karate Kid is better. No, no, no. Uh, I'm gonna expose myself a little bit. Uh, never say never. Justin Bieber featuring Jaden Smith, uh, the Karate Kid. Yeah. I went through a bit of a Justin Bieber phase. I'm not going to lie. That's I valid, the, dude. I watched the Justin Bieber documentary, Never Say Never. I've seen it multiple times. Yeah. I've seen it. He was a Canadian kid who grew up singing music and got super famous. And I was a Canadian kid who loved playing music. Yeah, dude. That's my shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Never Say Never. I've seen that shit like three times. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love, uh, I, I won't lie. It's not a good movie. I've seen it. The only scene I remember from that movie is Jaden Smith eating some fucking Chinese food, standing up, and his mom's like, don't eat standing up. You're going to fart a lot. That's all I remember. That no, you know why it's so. You know why it's so forgettable is because it's a shot-for-shot remake of the first Karate Kid. It literally is, except a different location and different characters. Dude, have you seen Cobra Kai? Okay, I am an. I want to say have. Okay, have you watched Cobra Kai? You have. I haven't seen Cobra Kai, but my mom watched it, and so I've seen some episodes of it. I've seen maybe like. 10 episodes so are if you're a fan of karate the karate kid movies and the karate kid lore um especially johnny who uh let's face it in the first movie um daniel is the villain daniel is the worst he comes in he's a new kid in town he antagonizes these kids he steals this guy's girlfriend it's 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 bullcrap um but how much how much have you seen? Okay, so I've seen every season except the latest season. Okay. I first started watching it when it was on you when it was it wasn't even on Netflix yet. It yeah. was YouTube TV. Right. It was like the beginning of COVID. My mom was still working nights as a nurse and my dad, that was like our show. And it's so terrible. It's really bad, but it's like it, it's 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 addicting. Like you, like, um, uh, whoever plays, uh, Johnny, um, I can never remember his name. Uh, William Zabka. He is just so funny in that show. So I definitely would recommend it if you're a fan of like the karate kid lore. Okay. Very, very brief spoilers. Skip ahead like 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Uh, uh, the episode that I remember from seeing the scene was there was a big fight in a school and Ralph, uh, no, like the son, right? Pushes uh-huh. this kid. There's like a huge fight in the school and he pushes this kid over a barrier. He like fucking snaps his neck and there's like this huge fight at a school. That's all that I remember. That's like the final episode of season one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. You oh, should shit. watch the show though. It's the first few seasons are actually worth it. They're very good. Um, and it's really, it funny. really funny. Yeah, I it's think really it fun. funny. I, I want to check it out. It's a good I, time. It's weird. I don't love sports movies. I love Moneyball. I fucking love Air. Air is like the big short. Yeah. I don't give a shit about basketball. I've been to basketball games and I don't really care about them. Yeah. I've been to big basketball games too. Like my dad lives in Ontario, so we went to a bunch of Raptors games and like we saw fucking Toronto versus OKC. Like all these very intense basketball games i don't give a fuck i've seen the toronto blue jays play like five times i don't like baseball i like watching football uh football's fun to watch mm-hmm. live i don't really watch it on tv i like watching golf on tv yeah but so i'm All not right. a huge sports person in general but uh yeah yeah the karate kid's fun karate let's kid get is fun. into what we've been watching yeah, first of all, before we get into that, uh, if you're still with us, this has been a long episode, um, so we thank you for listening today. We appreciate it. Uh, if you're still listening with us right now, this... So, as you know, on Friday, we finished up our Director Deep Dive series. Um, so, you're wondering, Trey, you put that survey out. 
I'm wondering if the director I voted for is the next one you're going to do. So I'm going to tell you the results right now. I'll give you the top three. Um, we got a total of 359 responses. Uh, next time, I'm definitely putting on a limit so everybody can only respond once. Um, I forgot to do that. Even though that was a thing, thank you for the responses. Yeah, we really appreciate it. That's awesome. Um, 359 responses. Uh, here we go. In third place, with 21 votes, 5.9% of the votes, uh, David Lynch. So maybe David Lynch will be our next one. Uh, in second place, kind of a surprise contender. Didn't really start getting votes until last night. Um with a huge jump from third place, uh, with 101 votes for 28.4%, Catherine Bigelow. That's crazy. I'm it is crazy. For that, that was, it was James Cameron in the lead like two days ago. It was. And coming in with 53.4% of the votes, a, a whopping 190 votes. Uh, for first place is Christopher Nolan, the man himself. So me and Evan have planned out our episodes. I know with Kubrick, we did kind of in release order, um, but we're going to do it a little bit different this time. So one by one, like you spat off one, I'll spat off one. Well, I can just bust them all out and then we can get into what we've been watching. Um, so this Friday, we will be doing his first three. These ones don't really have a theme, um, but we're going to touch on the following real quick, and then we are going to focus most of our conversation on Memento and Insomnia, which I'm very much looking forward to. I yeah. love both of those. I've um, never seen Insomnia, so that's going to be a first oh, watch for it's me. Solid. It's solid. It's really good. I would love to really quick. I know this has been a long episode, but... Yeah. Just so you average film enjoyers know, and for the listeners who were around with Jay, uh, Jay was around, mm-hmm. don't know about me. Let me read you my Christopher Nolan ranking. As of now, it could change yeah. on a rewatch. Uh, yep. In number one, I have Oppenheimer, five stars. Number two, Dark Knight, five stars. Number three, Tenet, five stars. Number four, Inception, five stars. Number five, Interstellar, five stars. Number six, The Prestige, five stars. Number seven, Memento, five stars. Number eight. The Dark Knight Rises, five stars. Number nine, Dunkirk, four and a half stars. Number ten, Batman Begins, five stars. So, I fucking love Christopher Nolan. I'm very excited to see the following, and I'm very excited to see Insomnia. Yeah. Um, Um, So, yeah, this this Friday we'll be reviewing uh, the following, and uh, Insomnia and Memento. And next Friday... We will be reviewing... They don't really have too much of a connection, but uh, the other ones do, so this is what we're doing. Next Friday, we'll be reviewing The Prestige and Tenant. Yes, we will. Um, it's going to be crazy. The Friday because... after that, we are doing the Dark Knight trilogy, so we're going to review Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises all in one we, episode. We, it's going to be a long one. To, we might have to get cash for that episode. Yeah, we might have to do a part one and part two of that we'll yap see. sesh. Um and the and then after that we will be review it'll be our like uh time episode. So we will be reviewing Interstellar and Inception. 
And then after that, for our final episode, it will be our realistic Nolan episode. So we'll be reviewing Dunkirk and Oppenheimer. Um, So that's about five episodes, five weeks. We're going to dive into Christopher Nolan. We're going to talk things. We're going to talk all things Chris Nolan. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I love Christopher Nolan. Um, maybe not as much as Evan, but I do love yeah, him. I'm, I'm really curious. What's your favorite Christopher Nolan movie? Oppenheimer. Besides yeah. Oppenheimer. Besides Oppenheimer. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Oppenheimer is one of the only six movies I've given a perfect 100 out of 100 score yeah. to. Um, Let's see. I don't know. It, it hops back and forth. Between The Prestige and The Dark Knight. All right. That's awesome. I'm really excited for The Prestige episode. I, 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 I watched The Prestige for the first time like four months ago. And yeah. um, well, I saw it when I was like 12 and I didn't really remember it. I thought it was boring when I was a kid. So I didn't yeah. really remember it's amazing. much of it. This movie fucks. Holy it smoke. Really sorry, sorry, Trey's mom. We've been We've been doing good. Um, yeah, we've been doing all right. There's been a few slip ups, yeah, but we've um, been doing good. Yeah, um, shout out to my mom. This episode, I would say, is mom approved. Yeah, the, the Prestige is really awesome. It's got yeah. great plot twists. It has crazy cameos from like Nikola Tesla, fucking David Bowie. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's it's awesome. I cannot yeah. wait. I'm really. I was kind of excited for um, a David Lynch series because his movies have a lot to chew on and i find that his movies only get better on rewatch so for movies that me and trey have already seen or never seen it's it's just a lot to chew on so maybe we'll do that next if you guys want um yeah david david lynch is a really interesting director because uh a little sneak peek uh yeah i know trey's not a huge fan um yeah lost highway fan the first time I saw Lost Highway, I gave it a two stars. I hated it. The second time I watched it, I gave it a five stars. I thought it was a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. That movie's really, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all shit. Uh, shit. Um, I've used them all up. I can't use, I have yeah. to find new inventive ways to Heck. express my feelings. Um, I really think David Lynch just benefits on rewatch so that'll be an interesting one when we get to it i'm sure we will at some point but yeah chris nolan's gonna be super fun i'm gonna be glazing like crazy Mm -hmm. it's gonna be nuts i haven't seen dunkirk in a a long time so i'm excited to rewatch that the only two i've never seen are dunkirk and tenant Ooh, you haven't seen tenant oh my god bro oh my god we gotta watch party it yeah we will um Um, but yeah let's get into what we've been and then next tuesday uh, we will be reviewing Hotel Rwanda. Yeah, um, I'm excited so to watch this again. I've never watched it, so I'm definitely... I love Don Cheadle, so I'm definitely looking grade. forward to it. When I did a, um, a I think... Okay, on, so uh, let's genocide. get into what we've been watching recently. We have um, to start Trey with Cold Pursuit, because we both Yeah, no, it. I think that's the first one for both of us. Yeah. How many, do you, how many movies do you have? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... Okay, you'll do two at a time, and I'll do one, because I only have seven. Yeah. Um, also, last Saturday is the first day in over a year where I have not watched a movie. Holy smokes. How wild is that? That's crazy. Um, okay, yeah, Cold Pursuit. We're going to yap about this for a couple minutes. Um, 
Evan has has been introducing me into the world of Liam Neeson action movies. Yeah, so um, you hadn't seen The Commuter, but you hadn't seen Nonstop, and you hadn't seen Cold Pursuit. Yes, yeah, but I I had seen The Commuter like eight yeah. years ago. So let's just say I hadn't seen any of them. Um, yeah. Evan got me to watch non. Evan was like, Trey, you need to watch this, and I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. Evan is is a new co-host on the pod. I'm still getting to know him. I'm gonna do it. Um, and so I watch it. Fucking peak. So good. Uh, I love noir. I don't need my noir movies to be old timey. Uh, yeah. Like 60s black and white mysteries. I love a good dark mystery and nonstop is that. So is the commuter. Um, commuter is great. And but um, nonstop uh, has the benefit of being in one location for most of the movie. Which so is the commuter. Up- yeah, and the commuter. It just amps up the the suspense. Yeah, um, but on I believe the second. Yeah, I don't know what day of the week that it is. It was it was the Friday night. Yeah, we watched it. Yeah, uh, me and Evan uh, watch partied Cold Pursuit while I played Skyrim. Yeah, um, I I have been telling Trey that we need to watch this movie together for a while. I've seen this movie. I saw it twice in theaters. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a, it, me, it, it's a fucking blast. Me, it's so break, much fun. Let me break this movie down for you. If you've seen the Mister Plow episode of The Simpsons, uh, it's that plus uh, murder and revenge. If you haven't, it's about a guy who drives a snowplow and his son <gasps> dies. And uh, what he he wants to figure some stuff out. Dude, there's a letterbox page for Cold Pursuit 2. If that's a thing that comes out, one of us has to travel to the other person so we can see it together. Absolutely. I'll be flying Cold Pursuit 2. Oh, God. Cold Pursuit is crazy. It's so much fun. It's so stylish. It has a very dark tone to it because... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty light. Spoilers, not a big deal. Happens in the first ten minutes. His son dies from a heroin overdose, but he's like, "Oh, I don't really believe that." You know, my son was clean. This yeah. movie is crazy. Every single death in this movie is greeted by an obituary slash title card. It's so stylish. It's fucking funny. It's so dark and twisted. The kills are really creative and interesting. And yeah. Uh, I would love to get into spoilers for like 30 seconds. Yes, let's do it. There's a brief section where he kills like three or four people and he just ties them up in like chicken cord and throws them off this frozen waterfall. God, dude. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like a five minute sequence. and you just it's a, The funniest part for me was the title cards after yeah. anyone died. It's oh, so it's good. Amazing. It's one of my favorite parts of this movie. It's so unique. I've never seen it done before, but he'll like kill somebody... He wraps them up, throws them out, kills somebody, wraps them up, throws them out. And every scene between, yeah. it's just a black screen. It's got their name and fancy cursive and a little, like, symbol. It's so creative. There's this scene in a a wedding dress parlor that is so peak. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, this movie's a blast. If you're just it's- looking for a nice, fun action movie to watch with the fellas... This yeah. is the one. It's uh, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go next. I'll go first, and then you'll bust yeah. out two, and okay. then I'll do gotcha. another one. Yeah. Um, but as I said earlier, I've been watching a lot of Peak recently. Yeah. 
Um, after this, I watched, um, and you can be looking out for this review tomorrow. Um, I think we're going to re- review that. We're going to, me and Evan are going to start doing bonus episodes every once in a while of just like stuff we want to talk about. Um, yeah, doesn't I'll really, watch this after work tomorrow. Yeah, doesn't really go with a theme of anything. We're just going to like, oh, we, it's like stuff we're like, oh, we should do an episode on that. So we do. And they'll be like anywhere from like 10 minutes to like 30 or 40 minutes. Um, and they'll just be like a review of a movie or a ranking or something like that. Yeah. Um, so this is the one you can be looking out for tomorrow. We're going to do a review for A Cure for Wellness. This is a horror movie that uh, Evan recommended to me. Um, I had a blast. It has Dane DeHaan, Jason Isaacs, and Mia Goth. Um I think this is an immaculate film. Um, I love it when a studio just gives a director an obscene amount of money and, and is like, do yeah. whatever you want. Yeah, the budget um, for this movie is high. And yeah. One thing I would recommend before Trey goes on, go into this movie blind. Exactly. He's got a guy and he goes to pick up his boss from a spa retreat. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Go watch it. It's awesome. Don't be intimidated by the runtime. It's a long movie. It's fucking weird. It is beautiful. I'll glaze it more after Trey's done, but yeah, go watch it. Yeah, it, it was no. it was a blast. Um, really solid horror movie. Uh, some great body horror elements. Directed by Gore yeah. Verbinski, the guy who did the first three Pirates movies and Rango. Uh, and so man is known for peak. Except the ring. The ring is mid as fuck. Okay. Um, I I like the ring. I think it's slightly overrated, but I like it. Three point five for me. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep going. Uh, but yeah, it's great. Some really creepy scenes. Yeah. Uh, this movie. This, this is one of the most beautifully shot horror movies yeah. I've ever seen. It's um, set in the like the the Nordic countries and the Alps. I can't remember if it's Sweden or Norway or Iceland, whatever those. I one think of it's those. Norway. Yeah, it's beautiful. You have some amazing shots of the mountains. The the clinic that he ends up at is stunning. Yeah, the the courtyard. It's, the, the snow, it's, it's Switzerland, by the way. Oh, Switzerland. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. This movie is really stunning. I saw this in the theaters. Luckily enough, I gaslighted my brother to take me because I wasn't old enough to go see it by myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's stunning. Some great scenes here. Um, yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Evan, why don't you give us your next two after Cold Pursuit? Yeah, I watched Absolute Peak with Big, Big Fat Liar starring Frankie Muniz and Paul Giamatti and Amanda Bynes. Paul Giamatti's best role? Question mark? It's possibly holdovers he, level. Holy dude, shit. he truly has the juice in that movie as this Marty Wolf. Is, oh my god. Okay, I am a diehard Malcolm in the Middle fan. He's Malcolm yeah. in this movie. He's a trickster. He's he, he's a talented writer. Like, oh my god. I've freaking love this movie it's, oh, it's so, so good it's, it's so, so good. entertaining me and my girlfriend we were we had lego sets to build and i was like she was like you pick the movie and i was scrolling through disney plus and i saw it and i was like i haven't seen this movie since i was like 12 years old let's watch it i remember a guy dude and oh <laughs> my god it holds up so well it really does it, it really, really does it has that humor of malcolm in the middle 
in regards to the kid humor, and then Paul Giamatti comes out of nowhere and is an absolute maniac. He is a menace to society in this movie. He yeah. treats everybody horribly. It is so funny. And you have Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes cooking a delicious revenge plot against them. It's on oh, it's Disney so Plus. Go watch and it. It's this is this movie, Paul Giamatti talks about this is the movie that like people come up to him and say, oh, I loved you in this. Oh, really? This is the movie they talk about the most. <laughs> That's so funny. Is people being like, I loved you in Big Fat Liar. That's hilarious. Honestly, that's what I'd probably say to Balchiamati. I'm like, you made my childhood. You kicked <laughs> off my love for Duran Duran. I love that. Yeah, it, it's hilarious. It has so many funny scenes with Paul Giamatti. Like, you know what you're getting if you see Malcolm Middle. You know what you're getting with Frankie Muniz here? A trickster, a uh, smart trickster. And Paul Giamatti, this is not something that you're really expecting. Holy smokes, this kid, this guy is a menace. Yeah. It's really, really entertaining. And uh, what did you double it feature it with? More I Pete? double featured this with one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time, Super 8. This is a first More like off, Super Peak. First off, J.J. Abrams has the juice. I'm forgetting Rise of Skywalker exists. Mission yeah. Impossible 3 is, I'm sorry, Trey's mom, fucking amazing. I love Mission Impossible 3. I adore the Star Trek reboots. They're some of my, I think they're better than a lot of the Star Wars movies. I love J.J. Abrams. Um, Super 8 is a classic sci-fi movie. It has a Stranger Things feel where... You know, it is got Stranger some, Things. Yeah, you've got these kids with potty mouths. They run into... They're they're trying to make a movie. It almost feels... I, was say, I said to my girlfriend, I was like, this feels like the Fablemans if you inserted aliens into it. Because you've got That's these kids... That's a W. You've That's a W. Kids, you've got these kids trying to make a home movie, and they're really passionate about it. And then they witness an insane... I cannot underestimate how nuts this train crash looks. JJ it's unbelievable, looking. bro. I watched this. I was watching this movie, and once the train crash finished, I pulled it up on my phone and I was watching while the movie played. It is insane how juicy this scene is. Oh man! And the now rest I of might the movie, go. Now I might go watch Super yeah, Eight while I edit this pod. <laughs> you've got a super entertaining, funny coming of age alien movie backed by Kyle Chandler, the goat. I love Kyle Chandler. I don't know Friday if you've Night seen Bloodline. Yeah, I was going to say Bloodline. He's peaking Bloodline. He's peaking Zero Dark Thirty. He's peaking everything. He's such a good actor. Yeah. Have you watched Friday Night Lights? No, I've never seen it. Oh. I need to watch that. It's so um, good. Yeah, I love Kyle Chandler. Super 8 is just a ton of fun. It's beautifully directed. It looks amazing. It's got this awesome tension because you don't really see the aliens until the like last 20 minutes it's a lot of suspense in yeah. what is attacking them and the reveals are insane it's a really really good time yeah what a blast uh i followed up a cure for wellness with a rewatch of peak uh tron legacy that's the ninth oh, time i've logged that movie wow, it's an immaculate piece of filmmaking it's so perfect Dude, I gotta tell you about the first time I watched this movie. Tell me. It was like two, three months ago, and me and my girlfriend were trying to find a movie to watch. You hadn't scrolling... watched this movie until no. two or three months yeah. ago? Yeah. Oh! And, we're, and we're scrolling through Disney Plus, and I was like, do you want to watch Tron Legacy? And she goes, 
I fucking love Tron Legacy. We're Base watching it right now. girlfriend, and dude! Like, Alright, I'm down. We watched this movie. I was so locked in. This was one of the easiest five stars I've ever dude, given. It's one so the, good! One of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Oh my Daft Punk God. cooked. Daft Punk cooks so hard on this movie. The yep. visuals are nuts. I don't care that Jeff Bridges looks like a video game character. Oh yeah. my god, this movie has the juice. It's it so really does. Joseph Kaczynski really knows what to do when it comes to legacy sequels. Yeah. Also, Tron Legacy is better than Top Gun Maverick. Yes! In every way! Yeah. Dude. Tron... Oh, dude, oh, the so light good. the first light cycle battle is oh just god. unbelievable how dope it looks. Oh my oh. god, it's so good. That movie is so much fun. It is oh, just awesome. it is. And also it's got and, Olivia Wilde. Whew, smoke show. Oh. Yeah. Uh and also like uh like because I was just like playing Skyrim and I was trying to finish this like mission that was really difficult. I had to beat this huge boss whatever and i was like i don't know what i don't want to watch the office right now so i'm just gonna throw yeah. on tron because this is one that all i need i don't have to see it i can just listen to it and watch it in my head because of how many times i've seen it um yeah it's great it's so good um yeah. i'm excited for tron aries the scene when they're in the like tower nightclub god dude just a vibe Things go awry and the score kicks off and you're just like, oh, god damn. Yeah, and then uh, oh, Flynn shows up and the fall starts playing where it's like, oh <gasps> my god. It's so good. It's an immaculate film. I love it. Uh, oh, maybe we should do that with the shot by shot, fellas. I know Oscar's okay. also a massive fan of it. Um, yeah, go ahead. Next two. Um, Give it to us. Yeah, my next two was a one star and a four point five star. So let's kick it wow. off with our let's kick it off with Argyle. What a piece of shit. This movie sucks. I love Matthew Vaughn. Layer Cake is one of my favorite movies ever. It's not yeah. the best movie. I love rewatching this movie. It's like a Guy Ritchie movie. Guy Ritchie is my goat, by the way. Layer Cake is peak. It is so much fun. You need to watch it, Frey. Yeah, um, I know. Layer Cake's really sick. I love the first two Kings movies. Even though the second one's not as good, I still love the Kingsman. X-Men First Class, holy smokes. Matthew it's an Vaughn amazing had, I don't movie. understand where Matthew Vaughn's juice went. This movie is so juiceless. Well, and Stardust. You forgot to shout out Stardust, one of the greatest true. fantasy movies true, ever. True, 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 my bad. Dude, um, give me Robert De Niro as a gay pirate yeah. seven days of the week. So funny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this movie is boring. The first... Okay, the only good part of this movie is Sam Rockwell. He's always entertaining on screen. The first 20 minutes is John Cena and John... Uh, or, sorry, Henry Cavill doing stuff. And Dua Lipa's in it for, like, five minutes. And yeah, Dua Lipa's very... Oof. My God. I love Dua Lipa. Yeah, watch the first 10 minutes of Argyle. Uh, oh, man. It... And then this movie evolves into, like, devolves into this fucking boring plot twist after plot twist. None of them are inventive. It's It's got this weird... Okay. Fam spoilers. Yeah. We're going to talk spoilers for AJ, for Argyle, uh, because I don't care. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to know who the real Agent Argyle is, 
Don't uh, look at Twitter because it's on skip Twitter. Skip ahead. This disgusting who, film spoiled it three years ago. Who? Tell me who is it? Who's the real agent? It's Argyle? Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh let my me, god! Let me tell you why her name is Agent Argyle. Her, her real name is R. Kelly. So it's Argyle or Kyle. Her name is R. Kyle. It's like Rachel Kyle or something. So that's why it's Argyle. God, I hate that. The God, uh, I hate that. Um, the reveal for this is like Sam Rockwell brings her to Samuel Jackson's house, and then they show her this whole clip, and it's like, oh yeah, you're Argyle. And then Sam Rockwell tries to tr- fight her, and she's like, I'm not a fighter. And then she fucking kicks his ass. And it turns out she is Argyle. Um, That's so yeah. dumb. The, the first, that. like, okay, there's a train scene near the beginning. Sam Rockwell consistently entertaining. Um, yeah, he's the best part of this movie. He's always just a delight to watch. But oh my god. It's plot twist after plot twist. I'm gonna... Spoiler alert, a little bit more. Do you care, Trey? No. Okay, so uh, Brian Cranston is the leader of the bad guys. Yep. And Catherine O'Hara is her mom from yep. uh, Shit Creek. Turns out both of them are not her real parents because apparently Brian Cranston's her dad, but then it turns out both of them are like secret agents that brainwashed her into thinking they're her parents, right? Yeah. It's a terrible reveal, and then Catherine O'Hara gets shot, but then she's not really dead, and then, oh, fuck, it's so bloated. This movie is almost two and a half hours long. It has no business being that long. The action scenes are boring. It's not rated R. It's PG-13. Not even. Whatever. Like, Matthew Vaughn, please, God, go back to rated R movies with Taron Egerton. I haven't even seen the most recent Kingsman. It's probably better than this shit. Um, Yeah, fuck this movie. There's a scene near the end where uh they're breaking out of this big base with all these bad guys and they throw these colored smoke grenades yeah so the whole action scene is like purple and pink and white and blue smoke and green smoke right it looks cool and then the scene goes on for like 10 minutes straight and you're like i'm done with this that's so dumb and then the next scene holy fuck it's so stupid the whole thing with the like Argyle is that she lost her memory because she was in a skating accident, right? Uh, and uh, she's like, "Well, my backstory is fake, but was I really a figure skater?" And she's like, "Or I say my joke is like, no, you were really a skater." So she shoots all these oil barrels, and there's oil all over the ground. She takes knives and she sticks them into her shoes, and she starts figure skating on oil on top of concrete. And this scene goes on for like 10 minutes. It is brutal. Oh my god. This movie is way too long and it's bloated and boring and the plot, the ending is shit. And then there's a Kingsman tie-in at the end. It's stupid as fuck. I don't know why there's a Kingsman tie-in because there's multiple people in this movie that are in Kingsman as different people. Samuel Jackson, Sophia Botella. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make sense. It's it's shit. Don't watch it. I watched this on cam. And it was still dog shit. I would never pay for this movie. Just watch The Kingsman. You can watch it twice and it would still be more fun than watching Argyle once. Yeah. 
All right, yeah. what was the and four I, and a half? Yeah, uh, it was Get Out. I would love to talk about Get Out really quick. Yeah. It's amazing. It really is. Um, the pacing for this movie is incredible. This movie blows by. It it probably should be a five. I want to raise it, I think. Um, yeah, get, get Out is just a great horror movie. It is really entertaining. It's one of the more entertaining horror movies I've ever seen. It goes by in a blast. The characters are super funny. TSA motherfucker. Like, it's just peak. Um, the kills in the third act are crazy. The gore is great. The soundtrack is so peak. The score is great. Jordan Peele's mm-hmm. direction, amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have Us above this. Yeah. Just because I prefer a pure horror film over, like, a thriller. Like, I don't think Get Out's a horror movie. I think it's a thriller. I know a lot of people just. Dis- dispute that but yeah i love get out it's a thriller I, it's not a horror yeah it's awesome i really love get out it's mm-hmm. it's super entertaining easy to throw on um yeah get out's peak daniel um, kalua's the goat but you know who's more of a goat than daniel kalua lakeith stanfield my fucking boy Shout dude i him. fuck with lakeith stanfield i love him. yeah yeah um let me ask you have you seen the alternate ending to get out yeah, I have. It's crazy. Super where dark. The, where instead of the TSA, yeah, guy, it's the cops that show up, and um, Daniel Kaluuya's character goes to like prison for the rest of his life for the yeah. murder of all of them. Yeah, it's an interesting ending <clears throat> because it kind of contrasts with the whole white family wanting to become black. It's a really interesting ending. Um, I think that would have been a much better ending. I don't know if it's better because Get Out, honestly, like, it's a heavy movie, but it's it has a lot of comedy in it, and I think that ending it on such a dark note would kind of leave me with a sour taste. I think both endings are really great, yeah, and both have, and I think the alternate ending has great commentary about the society that Jordan Peele is trying to portray and the especially the the story of the film with you know all these rich white people wanting to take advantage of the physical characteristics of black people i think it's super interesting that that is what he chose as an alternate ending mm-hmm. to have you know i mean imagine one of the <laughs> these white people stuck inside of a not stuck sorry uh put inside of a black person's body arrested mm-hmm. like it's it's that same kind of thing it's really interesting that you know they they get transported but then they're uh you know objected to all this racial discrimination it's super interesting but i don't know if it fits that ending as well mm-hmm. it might but i just think because get out has a lot of comedy in it especially i mean most of it's from ts motherfucking a uh yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. I I could see it going both ways. I wouldn't be mad with either, but I think that the original ending is really well done. Yeah, but um, if you wanted a, a heavier ending, he couldn't have picked a better idea. Yeah, what um, do you think? I wish he would have gone with the other way, but it's whatever, you know. Um, yeah. Do you like the original ending? 
I do like the original ending, but I feel like the commentary that he was trying to make with that movie about how systemic racism still exists in America today, I yeah. feel like that ending would have fit that commentary more and it, really it would have driven does. his point home. Yeah, it definitely does fit that commentary better. I don't know how well... Because Get Out was received impeccably well, even from yeah. just random audiences. Um, I'm curious to see. I wonder if almost like he was like, I want my first directorial debut to be more um, digestible. Yeah. Because, yeah, I that mean, for sure could be a. It, it's part, really interesting because you, you look at uh, Robert Eggers and his first film was The Witch, which is not digestible for a random movie goer mm, yeah and even like hereditary because hereditary is not i wouldn't say super digestible i think more but it is the most digestible of ari aster's films yeah i think that midsummer is probably the hardest oh i think bo is afraid feels... is oh sorry i forgot bo is afraid is yeah yeah um, sorry but yeah i'm gonna go how many yeah, do you sorry. have left uh, you have four right four left yeah all right, I'm going to do two, and then you do two. Yeah. And then I'll do two, and you do two. Yeah. Uh, so after Tron Legacy, I watched Training Day for the first time. Can't believe I haven't watched that before. Yeah, me either. Just amazing. Denzel and Ethan Hawke are both unbelievable. We'll be re-watching soon. Wait, um, uh, really quick. Have you seen First Reformed? Yeah, I have. I oh, love First Reformed. Dude, Ethan Hawke Paul Schrader so... cooked with that movie. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then after training day, I watched uh, Sydney Lament. Is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Yeah. Lament. Yeah. Uh, his film, The Verdict, with Paul Newman from Ooh. 1982. It, yeah, it was pretty good. Nice courtroom drama. Dude, you have to watch before the devil knows you're dead. No, it's I Sydney know. That's Lament. been on my watch list for a while. It's one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's best performances. Ethan Ox in it, too. But Philip Seymour Hoffman insane in that movie oh it's so good yeah uh all right what are you next seen the verdict. i gotta add that to my watches yeah my next movie is actually it was my it's my girlfriend's favorite movie of all time and she's wanting to show it to me for a long time uh it's called ways to live forever and it's about this boy her brother has cancer um so this movie is very personal to her um it's about this boy and he has leukemia and his one his best friend also has cancer and it's kind of just about them dealing with death and like a to-do list almost and you know how to process death like it's kind it it's weirdly comical it's a very funny movie honestly mhm i'd recommend it i gave it 4 stars with a heart it's it's a really interesting movie um yeah the performances are good it touches on the family dynamics of this kind of illness really well. And the almost like stoicness that you have to give when you're in this situation where it's like, yeah, this is happening. So let's make some jokes about it and make some happiness and kind of just keep going. And they're young kids. He's like 14. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, she's been wanting to show it to me for a long time, so and we just bought it. We couldn't find it anywhere, and so we just bought it on iTunes. Nice. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, it's it's weirdly funny, heartfelt, 
sad. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then my next watch, holy smokes. Talk about juice. Coming off Speed... Uh, not Speed Racer. Uh, coming off Tron Legacy. I watched Speed Racer. This movie is crazy. It has the juice. It's like yeah. Tron Legacy on steroids visually. It's extremely over the top. It's too long. It's over the it's absolutely ridiculous. The scene transitions in this movie are fucking insane. You have mm-hmm. literal heads talking dialogue just panning across the screen like an episode of SpongeBob. It's so stupid and you can't help but be enamored by how ridiculous this movie is yeah the racing scenes are crazy the cgi is amazing it for a movie that is from 2008 this movie looks amazing yeah it's funny you got john goodman and emile hirsch mm-hmm. uh yeah it, it's just really fun we threw this on on like a sunday and it was just a really good time I would watch it again. I watched this on Prime, so if if you uh, have it on Prime where you live, watch it. It's just a really good time. It's yeah. way too long, but it's not boring at any point. It's directed by the Wachowski sisters, so uh, I feel like The Matrix or any of those, you'll probably have fun with this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was your next two? Uh, oh, shit. You already did two. Sorry, dude. I'm like fading. I, I gave Speed been... Razor four and a half with a heart, by the way. Very close to a five star, just for okay. how much fun it was. Yeah. I'm just fading because we've been recording. Okay. This is yeah. like our longest recording ever, and my yeah. brain hurts. Um, okay, next two. Uh, well, Rocky. We already talked about that. Uh, and my last one. Watched A Quiet Place this morning. One of the better thriller horror movies to come yeah. out in the last ten years. John Krasinski's... Uh, not directorial debut, but oh, it's not. No, he did one in 2016 called The Hollers, um, which is on my watch list, but I have not seen it. Interesting. Um, but yeah, this one, Quiet Place, is just so good. Uh, yeah, this movie's amazing. It's tense. It's quick. It's. Yeah. Was this your first watch? No. No, oh, I've okay. seen this many times. Did yeah. you see it in theaters? Yes. Dude, I saw this movie in theaters, and oh my god, the guy in front of me was mowing down on his popcorn, and it was—it took me out of it. The only time where it's not okay to eat snacks in a movie. Yeah, this is a movie where you don't buy snacks. You just sit there in silence for two hours, and you're tense and scared, and it is so effective. Like... This movie opens and you're like, oh, okay, I kind of know what's going on. And then his son just gets fucking mauled on the train tracks <laughs> like 15 minutes in. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, Quiet Place is awesome. Yeah. I uh, I have a couple questions. Do you like the second one? I think the second one is better. Wow. Interesting. Yes. I really like the second one a lot. I mean, it's got Big Dick Kill Killian Murphy, so w. and Jamon and Jamon Hansu, who is a dope actor. Love him. Yeah. Um, I also think it's scarier and tenser. I think it's more stressful. There's that scene in there where the brother, uh, the kid from Wander, is in like the tank with the baby, and the door closes, oh, yeah. and neither of them are able to breathe, and you're just like. Yeah. Open the fucking door. 
Yeah, it's interesting because horror sequels are kind of a toss-up, and I think that A Quiet Place 2 is... I don't have it as high. I think I have the first one as a four and a half and the second one as a four. Um, mm-hmm. I, but I really love it. We This movie it's came great. to prime it, it came to prime really quick because it dropped during the pandemic. And, yeah. Uh, yeah me and I saw this in the theater. Uh, Quiet yeah, Place oh, nice. 2. Nice. I wish I yeah. got to because the first one was an awesome theory, theater experience. Just yeah. ten- tension-wise. Um, yeah. These movies benefit from a very dark room and silence and loud mm-hmm. volume. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love the first Quiet Place. I think the second one's really good. I'm cautiously optimistic for A Quiet Place Day 1 because we got a smidgen of Day 1 in A Quiet Place Part 2 and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. That first 15-20 minutes of A Quiet Place Part 2 is great. Oh, it's yeah. really, well, really and good. Scott McNary is in Quiet Place Part 2, so how can you not yeah. love it? Yeah. Um, so, I'm excited for that one. It's not Krasinski directing, so I'm a bit nervous. Yeah. Because I think that he kind of understands what these films need to be effective, so I'm curious. Yeah. Well, there is going to be a Quiet Place Part 3, and I think that's yeah. going to be at least written by John Krasinski. Yeah, so... Um, I'm really curious about A Quiet Place Day 1, because Day 1s are really interesting, and I think that the little bit we got from yeah. A Quiet Place Part 2 is great. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, my last two, I watched two very different movies. They're both five stars, I'm not going to lie. I watched SpongeBob SquarePants movie, Sponge Out of Water, the second SpongeBob w. movie. I watched this movie in the theaters, and that was the only time I'd seen it. And I bought it at uh, Value Village for like three dollars. So I was like, mm-hmm. "Can't turn, can't possibly possibly turn up SpongeBob." Uh, I remember most of this movie being in live action. The last like twenty minutes is live action. The first hour is just SpongeBob peak. It's fucking hilarious. I watched this with my girlfriend. I can't believe I convinced her to watch it because she hates SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. She wasn't allowed to watch SpongeBob because her parents didn't want her to become stupid. So, oh yeah, neither uh, neither was I. So yeah, that's crazy because SpongeBob was my childhood. Um, so she she very sparingly lets me watch SpongeBob with her. Oh my god, I was dying laughing at this movie. It, yeah. the, the first two acts are hilarious. I'm not going to lie. I got a little sleepy during the third act when they get the superpowers. I don't know if you've yeah. seen this one. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's peak. It's funny. SpongeBob and Plankton as a duo is hilarious when Sponge, when Plankton goes into his brain and there's just cotton candy everywhere and he pops out and he's covered in cotton candy. Was, SpongeBob was like, were you in my brain? He's like, uh, no. Dude, it's so funny. I love it. Yeah. And then my last watch, I watched this last night, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Peak. I haven't seen this movie in probably 10 years. Um, and it is perfect. This is one of my favorite movies ever. I can't believe it took me so long to rewatch it. I'm going to try not to yap about yeah. it for too long because I'm pretty sure it's on the IMDb list and also we've been going for a while. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote one of the greatest scripts ever. I fully yeah. believe that. This is like a top 10 of all time script. Yeah. The acting's amazing. 
the performance the the it's just so well done the setting is perfect the yeah. score is great it the score is packed full of elliot smith so you're just in a a vibe um i don't know if you ever listened to elliot smith trey but of course i've listened to elliot smith yeah uh so the score is peak uh, the soundtrack's all uh, yeah score soundtrack it's it's all peak uh this movie has three scenes in it which i would consider in the top like 15 best scenes of all time you've got the my wife used to fart in her sleep fucking mm-hmm. hilarious and you get that organic laugh from matt damon because i'm pretty sure that's that scene was uh unscripted yeah and matt damon is just crying laughing you have the park bench scene it is incredible incredible you 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 come into goodwill hunting and you're like holy shit this guy's so smart and he knows everything and then Robert williams just dismantles this kid one by one he's like i bet you wouldn't know this and i bet you wouldn't know that it's an amazing scene yeah and then near the end you have the it's not your fault scene which is so cathartic and so full oh, of emotion oh, oh there we go yeah the it's not your fault scene is so impactful because i mean before that you have stellan skarsgård who is incredible in this movie not to mention uh and robin williams just fighting each other and then you have will and sean and he's looking at the file and sean's like you can look at it if you want and then it just goes into the it's not your fault and he keeps saying it and then it's just an intensely emotional scene. I genuinely believe these are like three of the best scenes ever directed, shown yeah. on screen. It's it's such a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I asked the Real Talk Discord if they thought this was a feel good movie, and I got a couple responses that said no. And I was like, that's crazy because this is the ending of this movie is like just like a blanket wrapping you, like it's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it just makes you feel like, okay, like things are going to be good. You have Ben Affleck. Uh, this is, I mean, it's a very old movie. It's not super big spoilers, but Ben Affleck gives that big speech to Matt Damon at the construction site. And he says, my favorite part of like coming to pick you up is that 10 seconds between I get out of the truck and I come to your door and I pray that you don't answer and that you've gone on to bigger and better things. And Will, like, Matt Damon is so offended by it, but then, what do you know, 15 minutes later, it happens. Yeah. That exact thing happens, and Ben Affleck is sitting there, and he's just smiling, and he's so happy, because Will is so smart, and he deserves the best in life, and he can get it, and he, and the, I've gotta go see about a girl, like, it's just such a perfect movie. It genuinely is. Yeah. The first act is funny Boston accents and swearing and, you know, fighting and all that. And then it's just this cathartic experience about somebody learning to understand themselves. And it's just so beautiful. And, yeah, I adore it. I can't wait to talk about it again, I'm assuming, in a few months when we get to it. Because I'm hoping it's on this list. But Oh, it for sure is. It should be, at least. Yeah. I, I fucking love Good Hunting. I, I can't believe it took me so long to watch it. I'll probably rewatch it soon just because of yeah. how much I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's the average film enjoyer today. Sorry, yeah. everybody. I just kind of lost all my energy there. Um, if you want to follow us on our socials, I'm Trey the Film Noob everywhere. Evan is Evan0567 on Letterboxd. 
Um, this Friday, we will be reviewing Insomnia, Memento, and the following. Um, at the beginning of our Chris Nolan director deep dive. Um, leave us a comment. Uh, all that good stuff. Tell us what you think of the pod. Um, also, any, we love hearing from our fans. Yeah, we would love to know what your favorite Christopher Nolan movie is. Yes. There is only one right answer, but we will hear all of them. Um, yeah. What else? What else? What else? Hotel Rwanda next week. Um, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and then after that, we've got Passion of Joan of Arc, which is a silent film. Interesting. First silent film I've ever seen. Kind of um, excited for that. And then after yeah. that, we got Ratatouille, which... Peak animation. Um, get to glaze Brad Bird yet again. Um, the Brits are going to love that one. What do you have Ratatouille at? I haven't seen it in a long, long time. I don't know. Oh, I have it at five. Um, I'm curious as we are. I watched it in foods class in my first year of high school. So, oh, it's immaculate. It's, it's so been good. a long time. Um, yeah, that's it for today. Um, we thank you for joining us on what might be our longest episode ever. Um, it was a blast. My brain hurts, but it was a blast. Like I literally have a headache, like right here. And I'm just like, oh, okay, no more f- talking films. Um, th- th- need to go watch a film. Um, also, we would love to know if you enjoyed us talking about music because we will do that more often. Yeah, I love talking music. Fun, I love talking so tunes, know. man. Yeah. Um, we'll yeah. See you on Friday. Yeah, we'll see you on Friday. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>